Hey there, everyone. This is Dave DeBow. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to be interviewing John Martinez. And John is a very, very interesting fellow because not only is he a real estate entrepreneur, not only does he have experience in real estate investing, but he's also a sales expert. Now, why is this important? This is important because I have found over the years that most of us as real estate entrepreneurs, especially mom and pop real estate entrepreneurs, are typically coming into this from a different profession. Quite often, a lot of people have a nine to five type job. When they get into the real estate investing, they aren't all that good at the sales aspect of things. So, John, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you about this because you've been training people about this, real estate entrepreneurs about this for years. You've trained hundreds of them, you know, all sorts of great stuff about this. You've you've helped people really kick up their game when it comes to the whole sales conversation. So welcome to the show. Yeah, ha really happy to be here. Excited to be on. All right, perfect. So before we jump into the whole yeah. sales side of things, yeah. which will be the main focus today, tell us a little bit about your background and, and your experience when it comes to actually investing in real estate. Yeah, so probably different than a lot of people you have on the show. So my background is really corporate America, nine to five type thing. You know, started in my late teens, early 20s and all commission sales, kind of worked up through bigger and bigger companies, tech companies and infrastructure companies, things like that. And uh, ended up in a variety of pretty high level sales and marketing, you know, um, VP positions, director positions. And now about six years ago, I opened up my own business and just focused on the one piece that I liked most, which was sales training. The way real estate investing fits into my story is I've never actually been a, a quote unquote real estate investor, but I have bought, I think somewhere around 150 to 200 houses direct from, from owner at a discount. So I can get more into how that came about if you like, but that's basically the, you know, my story. Well, it sounds like you are a bit of a real estate investor if you <laughs> bought a hundred and some houses. So yeah, just tell us in you know, 30 seconds, yeah. what strategy do you focus on? What are you, what are you doing with these houses? Yeah. So I did, you know, I, since I focus hundred percent on the acquisition side of things, when we bought, we just partnered with different investors in whatever those territories were and they would handle the marketing for us. I jump in, do the acquisitions, hand it back to those companies and they would usually wholesale them. So that, that was how it typically worked. Awesome. So you got very, when it comes to real estate investing, you got very, very good at talking to sellers, yeah. negotiating, getting the best possible deal, especially if you're doing wholesaling, because you need to be able to get it at a price where the end buyer, the end real estate investor right. still gets a deal on it. So there's a lot of negotiation and sales that goes into that, I would imagine. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay, perfect. Well, now let's talk about that, because that's that's what I really want to dig in deep with you here today, my friend. So. Where do you see most of us as real estate entrepreneurs really screwing up when it comes to sales conversations where where are, or negotiations are pretty much the same thing so yeah so the the biggest problem I see is really just there's getting to the offer too quick, just throwing out random offers. A lot of people, even newer real estate investors, I find can get pretty savvy and pretty good at the marketing piece to produce leads fairly quickly. But after those leads are produced, usually the next thing they do is instead of working on conversions, they're just throwing out offers left and right, left and right. And then the, the conversions, you know, the number of deals they get is very, very low. So a lot of times they go upside down. They, you know, marketing can get expensive. They're not bringing in enough deals to support it and, and things get a little wonky. So the biggest mistake I find is 
not that there's too much focus on marketing, but not enough on actually converting the leads that you're producing into, into deals. So if I'm hearing you right, what, what I'm hearing between the lines there is they're making offers and typically they're just going in with a absolute low ball offer right off the get go, massive rejection on those obviously, right. and not being able to, you know, get enough actual conversations going yeah. where they can close on deals. Yeah. So in other words, they're just, they're leaving a ton of deals on the table. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So yeah, I can see that. That would be a big problem. So what do you recommend that people do instead of that? You know, I'm going to just going to give you very simple things that anyone listening today can implement immediately and get better results. Okay. So number one, don't lead with the offer. Hold off until the very end of the conversation to make your offer. Make sure you focus a front end conversation on you know, what actually caused them to reach out, what they're dealing with, and talk as much as possible about their situation. Now, there's different questions you can ask and all kinds of stuff, but basically, if you spend a lot of time talking about their situation, what they want, what they're dealing with, you know, what they want to see at the end of all this, you're going to learn exactly what they need. You're going to learn how to present your offer. You're going to know exactly what they need to hear, what concerns they have, and that alone is going to increase conversion rates. You know, I've, I think we've got 1,500 investors in our training right now. And so we, we, we often ask questions and figure out, you know, what's happening out there with the best of the best. And the best of the best, their sales conversations before the offer run 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. So if, you're, if your conversations, if you're in there in and out in 10 minutes, you're not spending enough time. Well, that, you know, that just kind of makes sense. I mean, it's like 2020 hindsight all the time, yeah. isn't it, right? <laughs> it's yeah. blatantly obvious when you say it like that. So yeah, I've been guilty of that myself, John. You know, I've gone in there. In fact, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say back in the day <laughs> when I was focusing on, well, I wasn't doing wholesale deals, but that kind of idea. I actually had a, a call, not even a, an answering service, okay. live answering service with completely untrained people taking the calls. And basically it was just, you know, doing a very, very quick questionnaire. And one of the questions was basically, what's the bottom line price you'll take on your property? And then I would have a conversation after that. But I, I definitely left a lot of deals on the table by not, I guess, would empathizing be a yeah. word sure. there? Yeah, empathizing Absolutely. with the person and, and really having that long of a conversation. So yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. So how, how do you create that rapport that opens people up? Because I imagine you've done yeah. a lot of this. Initially, people are calling up. They're a little skeptical. They think you're going to try and scalp them, which at the end of the day, we, we do need to get a really good deal there. So how do you overcome that, that initial hesitancy to talk with you? Yeah. So, you know, right up front, you just want to set proper expectations because you're right. People come into it. Just like you said, people usually come into these situations, any sales situation, but especially this because there's a lot of unknowns around it. People aren't, you know, really familiar with people who buy houses cash. So just setting proper expectations and letting people know that a yes or a no is okay. That right there will relieve a lot of pressure. So for me, it always sounds like, you know, if, if I'm walking into a house, it's, hey, thanks for inviting me over. Real quick, the way this typically works is hopefully you'll give me a tour around the property. I'll start, you know, putting my offer together. Once I see, you know, the exact condition the house is in, I'll have some questions for you about your situation and how we need to structure things for you and what you're looking to accomplish. I'll answer any questions you have. And at the end of this thing, I'll give you an offer down to the penny. If you love it, we'll talk about what happens next. And, you know, if not, no big deal. Yes is good. No is perfectly fine too, right? So yeah. we just jump into it like that. 
Yeah, so that's like an upfront contract, basically, right? Yeah, in the Sandler world, it's an upfront contract. Every sales training has some version of that. Miller, Hyman, Spin, but they all have a version of that because it's true. We've got to relieve those fears going into it. Yeah, exactly. You know what? The beautiful thing about that is it takes the pressure off of them, takes the pressure off of you, because again, most people are just expecting that you absolutely want them to say yes to your offer and that you're going to be really ticked off if you don't. So they have that that weight hanging over them. Yeah. By doing that, that completely gets rid of that, right? Absolutely. So are you finding that typically what you and your students are doing is you're starting off with a conversation over the phone? You're not making offers over the phone, are you? You've got to go out yeah. and take a look at the property first. Now, so you go, you do the tour. Now, are you typically making an offer right there or then? Are you going back home, crunching a few numbers and making a variety of different offers? How does that typically work? So what typically happens, and I'm going to say 70 to 80% of the time, is there's initial lead and take phone call. You kind of, you know, you're building a little bit of rapport. You're just getting some basic information to see if a deal is even possible, qualifying the lead. After that, you're going out to the property taking the tour. Usually I would say with our clients, 99% are closing first call within an hour. Now there are, you know, probably 20, 30% of deals that do happen on the follow-up, but their focus is get the deal while they're there because too many deals are lost with other investors coming, especially with all the competition. While while you got that rapport, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Yeah. So what, where else do you see? Well, okay. So let's say you got the offer, you made the offer. Are you going back and trying to renegotiate things at a later time or are you just kind of giving them the bottom line offer right there and then? Yeah, so we give an offer and we use a variety of negotiating techniques, price anchoring, decreasing intervals. There's all kinds of stuff. You can, you know, books like Chris Voss's book is great on negotiation. There's a bunch of good ones. Roger Dawson's a great negotiator. We use a lot of their techniques, just really converted to being used in real estate. But yeah, we we, we make the offer. There, There's a right and wrong way to make the offer. Now, if you, I mean, Anyone who's done this once or twice knows if you just lay out a low, low offer, it's usually met with some resistance. So there is a way to, to slide into it and negotiate. But yeah, we, we make the offer, we negotiate, always relieving pressure, always keeping that rapport. And at the end, if it's not a yes, we call it a no and we move on. Yeah. Well, that's okay. That's a good point because you, you hear in a lot of old school sales training and whatnot that follow up, follow up, follow up. You just got to be always, you know, going after the people. So what is your take on that? Are you, if if they don't decide to go move ahead right there, you're, you're pretty much just moving on to the next one kind of thing. Well, follow up is important, but we want follow up to be effective. And we want to make sure that we're only following up with deals where we've got a chance at closing them. Not, you know, we don't want to just follow up on deals for the sake of following up. We don't also don't want to follow up on deals when we could have closed it, you know, right there. So, you know, our philosophy is, you know, when we talk about sales process, we talk about motivation. There needs to be a certain amount of motivation for someone to want to sell a house. So we dive deep into that. The second part of the sales call is we dive into what's called deal killers or objections or whatever, whatever is going to keep someone from, from moving forward. When you do that really, really well, you take a lot of those, let me think about it's off the table because you're proactively covering what typically causes the let me think about it, right? The it is a no, but I don't want to tell you. You relieve that because you took all the pressure off the table. Motivation, you dived in deep. So you take that off the table if they just don't have enough motivation. And then the deal killers, you're dealing with those up front. So by the time you make the offer, you hit 80% of what keeps, you know, what makes it think it over or, or a follow-up situation. 
so that's how we handle it. Now, if we get there and it is a no, we know exactly why it's a no. It's going to be a no forever, just not going to work. Or, hey, there's this deal killer or there's another issue we can't deal with right now. And now our follow-up is more effective. You know, we, we know what to ask about. We know what we're looking for. And they had a good experience, so they're going to be likely to, to take our calls and continue the conversation with them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, John, you've been working with a lot of real estate people for years now. What are some of the other big mistakes people are making when it comes to closing on deals? Are there any other real red flags that you see over and over again? Yeah, one is just pushing too hard for the deal. When people are a little bit overzealous and they push, 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 let's make this happen. I know you're going to love this. There's a very well-documented thing that happens called psychological reactance. Basically, when you push people too hard, they push back. And you know, I, I do a lot. I, I study a lot of nerdy sales stuff and how we make decisions and, and neuroscience and that type of stuff. But basically, when you push too hard, especially in a complex deal situation like real estate, the more times you try to close, the harder you push, the less likely you are to get a deal. So that's probably another one of the big issues I see is instead of people relieving pressure, they're creating pressure, creating pushback encouraging people to, to mislead, hide, sometimes become hostile because they're just pushing too hard for that deal. And the, the outcome is they get less deals because of it. Isn't that so true? Not just in sales situations. Right. <laughs> Mentor of mine named Steve Chandler has a saying, and it's needy is creepy, right? And that, <laughs> that, that's basically what that is. Like if you're, if you're too desperate, if you're too needy, it's kind of like that nerdy kid in high school chasing after the girl, <laughs> right? You're just like a puppy dog and and it repels them. So Absolutely. You're saying it's pretty much the same thing, even with a motivated home seller, even if they need to sell your house, if, you're, if you come across as too eager, too needy, it's going to turn them off. Yeah. And especially when it comes to negotiations, because talking about eagerness and, and neediness, if someone says, well, I'd be willing to sell it for 100K, you go, absolutely, Where you know, here's the paperwork. They're going to pull back immediately and go, whoa, that was not enough. That was way too quick, right? So I've seen negotiations die that way too because it was just too needy. The numbers worked immediately and the sellers were just taken aback and go, that, that was too easy. I'm leaving money on the table. Hold on a minute. Yeah. I'm ashamed to say I've made that mistake. <laughs> Who hasn't? Yeah, we all have. A memory came back to mind like, ooh. Oh, that, that would hurt. Yeah, for sure. Awesome, John. Well, time flies when we're having fun. I know I know you do training and you offer different programs and stuff about sales, especially when it comes to real estate investors. If people who are listening to this or watching this are interested in, in finding out more about you and what you do, where should they go? Our website, the REI Sales Academy. And we've got about 100 to 150 training videos on there for real estate investors from lead intake to negotiations and acquisitions. So lots of free stuff on there for people. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll definitely put the link in the show notes there. And as we're just wrapping up at the last minute, any last words, any question that I should have asked you, but I didn't get to? You know, the one question I would ask is, especially with newer real estate investors, it's the secret to success. What's the one thing I should focus on? And being around some of the best of the best in the business and people who started out, you know, with their first deal and got to be, you know, one of the top five or 10%, the secret is just keep taking action. That is the only secret. Do not stop. Do not overthink things. Just continually take action. That would be my biggest piece of advice, bar none. And I would completely agree. And I would add to that and learn from people that have successfully done what you want to do because that's the ultimate shortcut. So, I mean, absolutely. You know, we're talking about sales and having those conversion conversations. If you're not good at it, find somebody who is and learn from them. All right. 
John, it's been great. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks, Dave. It was a pleasure. All right, everybody, take care and see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.